Welcome to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum garden show on the radio and the internet as well, helping you grow your own food. And speaking of that, we just seen pictures of one of our viewers' garden. They're just starting it out. Kelsey over in Montgomery, Alabama has laid out this wonderful new garden. And it's so inspiring to see something like that and to think we may have had a small part in that. How about that? That's awesome. Yep. So glad you're here. We're going to do a potato show tonight because it's potato planting time. We're talking about planting potatoes, cheating potatoes, <laughs> and how to cut them up and how to plant them. And we'll go all into some severe details a little later on. So stay tuned. Mama Hoss, what have you been got going on? I have been canning. Mm -hmm. um, carrots. My carrots are ready to harvest. They had started splitting some. So I canned some. I froze some. And then I also made some vegetable broth. Look at that. Yeah, now you're going to have to talk about that in a minute because that was a new one on me and I want to make sure everybody has uh, understands that. Okay, so what I started out is I had some extra veggies and fruits and I said, I'm going to try juicing. Never juiced before in my life. Do not have a juicer. I used a blender. So I made what they call green juice. And if you watched earlier in the week, I did a YouTube video on how I made this and the vegetable broth green juice that was kind of yeah and just about everything out of that come out of the garden yeah just about everything i did have some apples and some celery and some strawberries but everything else came out of the garden yeah so, you and it turned it? out really good because you know we're not uh we've really never tried this before no. or been into juicing but i was pleasantly surprised cheers cheers It's got a very complex flavor to it. Mm -hmm. It's a little earthy on the end, but not too earthy. It scares you. Yeah, the beets and the carrots and a little bit of onion flavor, but then mm -hmm. on the end, it has that apple flavor. Yep, and it, you know, you could drink this for a meal. Mm -hmm. Now, it does not emulsify, so you kind of have to shake it up. It will separate on you a little bit. But, uh, right, and so my dilemma was I got all this precious juice and then I had the pulp left over. So I did a little research and someone suggested taking a pulp and canning some vegetable broth. So that's what I did with this. So anytime you need to put water in a vegetable like potatoes or even rice. Vegetable soup. Vegetable soup. Um, any type of soup. You can use this vegetable broth. Um, so I look forward to doing that. Yeah. So we got vegetable broth and... Uh... Carrots. Carrots. And green juice. juice. Green juice. Green juice. Man, it's going to be some good stuff. All right, so let's talk about some new garden seeds we got. This is exciting. Well, I'm just bringing you two this week because these two are worthy of just being by themselves. We got purple ruffles basil here. And this is going to be one I'm going to grow this year. Now, this one can be used as, a, it's so pretty, it could be used as an ornamental or as an edible, either one. Look Ruffle? how nice it is. Purple oh. ruffles, basil, and you know we all love basil. I love basil. I actually um, harvested some basil and dried it and uh, processed it last week. Mm -hmm. How'd you process it? You dried it or what you I do? I dried it, then I ran it through that mock meal grinder and oh, ground it up really, really fine. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I didn't know this. You must have just did this during the day one day when you was Maybe. off. <laughs> She goes missing some days, and she's down at the house doing some... I'm not off. I'm no, not. you're just doing some things down at the house. No. Okay. 
Next one is Mr. Shelby. Have you heard me talk about Mr. Shelby? Mr. Shelby is a determinant. Yes, you heard me right. A determinant specialty salsa aroma type tomato. I'm excited about this right here. It comes out of the Cicada breeding program and they have raved and raved about it. We finally decided to take it on. And with any tomato out of the Cicada breeding program is known for having very dense, lush foliage here, and it does really good down here in the south because we need a lot of foliage to keep that sun off of our fruit to keep from scalding. This is a great one right here. If you're into making salsa, you got to grow Mr. Shelby, and it being a determinant is going to work really good for you people in the south. Now, for you people up north, I would probably recommend going with an indeterminate variety. This is a determinant, so if you're above maybe Tennessee the line up let's just say if you're zone six no let's say if you're zone seven or higher i would probably recommend going with a indeterminate if below that oh eight nine ten you definitely want to go with a determinate type i think you'll be better served with those salsa tomatoes we have a couple more. We got Invisible and we've got Taki as well. Everybody knows Taki because mm -hmm. we've had that before, but those are some really good ones. We love making sauce. Mm -hmm. I didn't make any last year. No, but we got to put it back on the list mm -hmm. this year. Yep. All right. Just want to do a reminder about the Petals in the Past Antiques and YouTube meet and greet on Saturday, April 23rd, 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. We're going to be with that with several of our affiliates. Um, if it's free, if you want to go, there is a link to go register just so they're prepared for how many people will be there. Yep. And we've got Oakey Homestead coming up. Mm -hmm. Oakey Homestead is going to be March 19th. It's actually three days. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not 100% sure we're going. We're going to try to camp, but we know Jason and Brooke from Cog Hill, and we know uh, Naked Hog uh, is going. And Arms. Arms is going. Yep. Caddy Waffles is going. Yeah, a lot of those guys are going. So West Nancy with uh, Naked Hog will be there. So make plans to go if you can. You're in, within anywhere driving distance. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm not sure it's going to be as big as the Homesteaders Conference in Virginia. In fact, I know it's not going to be as big because they're going to pre-sell tickets. But I think it's going to be a good one there. A lot mm -hmm. of lot of meet and greet for YouTubers. Yeah, I hope you get to go. And some good classes I do too. It's all depending upon the junk how the junk rolls out mm -hmm. the junk the junk let's get into potatoes potatoes oh it's tater planting time everybody's been hauling potatoes we've got most of the potatoes shipped out unless you way up north we don't yep. and uh everybody's having some uh some issues or maybe some questions they don't yeah, fully I have a few under questions understand how to do this and i take all this for granted so if I miss something here, it's not because I do it intentionally. It's just because I overlooked it because I've been planting potatoes for, well, hold on a minute. Somewhere to the neighborhood of 40 years. Man, that's dangerous, ain't it? 40 years? I've been planting potatoes somewhere around 40 years. You were planting them before we got married? I did. I was. I was. I started gardening. I can remember it distinctly. I started gardening when I was about 16 years old because I have the first wheel hoe my mother went to town and bought me when I was 16 years old. Now think about that. I asked for a wheel hoe, a push plow, when I was 16 years old. I never heard that mm -hmm. story. Yep, I still have it up there in the barn. I should show it to you, you sometime. Should? Yeah. That yeah. my mother bought me. Instead of wanting a video game, old horse here wanted a push plow. You know how long I've been planting potatoes? How long you been planting potatoes? It's soon be 56 years. 
You started young, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> Probably when I was crawling. <laughs> yeah. So all this to us is second nature. And I, I, and I understand you all may not have never done it before. And it is something we do every year without question. We just, we every year we plant potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's just part of our life that we do. And uh, I've never had maybe two failures in the whole right. time. So if we miss some of your questions tonight, just put them down in the comments and we'll be glad to answer them. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we're going to talk about, let's get our potatoes off there, is different types of potatoes. Now there's one here that we're not going to cover that I'm going to talk about first, and that's the russet style potato. The russet style potato is that big oblong bacon potato. Mm -hmm. The one that you buy in the grocery store if you go to the steakhouse. This brown. That's the one that you get, and they call that the russet style. Now I was thinking today, why have we have never planted a russet style potato? That will it not grow here? Yeah, it'll grow here. Uh, why aren't we? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was questioning myself on that. But here in the South, it's never crossed our mind to plant a russet style potato. Now, some of our red potatoes get big as a russet potato. Yeah, but they, they don't have that oblong. Uh, you know, the oblong like the russet style does. Yeah. Uh, that's just weird. I don't know. I mean, you can buy the, the russet style seed potatoes, but just we never have planted them. All right, so let's talk about, I got this. Seven, there's seven types. Right? There's the russet, there's the red, as we see here, the whites, and the blues and the purple. That is a purple right there. These different colored, I call these the novelty type potatoes. And they are the fingerling types, like this right here. These just really come into popularity just a few years ago. And then the petites. Now the petites, I've noticed in the grocery store in the last two or three years, mm -hmm. they'll have these bags. Now, there is real small potatoes, and they call those the petites. It's just small potatoes? It's just small potatoes. I mean, some of them might be bread. I mean, they don't get very big as far as, but, you know, we always just call them small potatoes. Right. But that's, it's actually a variety that really gets small. That's kind of the size I like to can. Yeah, yeah. And so let's go over the types that we carry here and kind of give some people some insights on those. Let me move that one around right here. Now, this one right here is the Yukon Gold. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one here. Now, the Yukon Gold is a large, probably the largest potato that we carry here. And it's kind of got this cream color on the outside there, but on the inside, mm -mm. it has that oh, creamy, pretty. creamy yellow color to it. As butter we built see, in. The butter's built right in. Now this is a great potato right here. Stores pretty good. And if I was gonna grow, if I was gonna grow one potato, that would be at the top of my list. I'm not saying it would be the top, but it would be, it would be one of the two. The next two, and I'm gonna group these together because they're real similar, is the Viking and the Red Norland. Now the Viking and Red Norlin are both of them are real similar. The Viking is uh, supposed to have a little better eating quality. Mm -hmm. uh, the Red Norlin we've always been told is more heat tolerant than the Red Pontiac. That's the reason we like the Norlin here. Now these are normally considered mid-sized potatoes. Now if you've ever heard the term new potatoes, this That's is them. what they're talking about right here. And this is the ones we've always grown mm -hmm. right here is this That's, type of potato. Yeah. That's what you remember when you was a kid. That's all we ever grew. That's I didn't a, know there was any other type of potato. Right. And that up to a few years ago, I didn't either, because this is really the only thing that is available here. Now, I didn't get a Kennebec, and I should have, but Kennebec is a white potato that's a, a 
little bit larger than this one right here that's good for frying. But these are probably two of your staples right here is these red potatoes. Now we like to harvest these, as you say, small. Small. And what do you do with those? How do you can those? I'll uh, scrape the peeling off and sometimes I can them in with my green beans, um, sometimes just by themselves. Yeah. Both of those potatoes are real similar on the inside, kind of a whitish flesh there. But when you first um, dig them up, that's when they're easy to can because that skin will come off pretty mm -hmm. much with just um, a rag or a dish towel. Yeah. Now the red Norland there has less cracking. It's one of the most consistent potatoes of any of them. And the Viking is a good drought-resistant variety. I didn't know that until I was doing a little bit of research there. And the Viking's known for its unique flavor and everything. And the next one right here, by the way, those three right there, well, those three and this one right here are determinant types. Now let's get into the, what I consider the novelty type potatoes. Now this right here is Mr. German Butterball. Oh, is that the one with the butter built in? Nope. Nope. Nope, that Yukon's the butter built right in. This one right here is an indeterminate variety. It does have the butter built in. It does look like it. <laughs> It's nice. Butterball. Butter ball. These are smaller potatoes. We had somebody buy these other day and complaining about how small they were. I was like, duh, that's what you bought. Was a, these are smaller roasted potatoes. You see that right there? That's about the size they're going to, they're not going to get any bigger than that. That's their purpose. They're known for a roasting style potato and they are absolutely delicious. Now this is not my go-to if I'm going to plant one or two varieties. This is something I plant a little extra. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about indeterminate. So this is an indeterminate type potato. Now don't get caught up on that too much if you're doing in-ground plant because you're going to be able to tell the difference in this and these determinate types because this is going to get a little bit more vinish or leggier than these are going to be more compact. But that really doesn't make a whole lot of difference when you're planting in-ground. Now this is one of the earliest maturing varieties out there. So this one's going to mature probably if you plant them all at the same time. This one's going to probably mature about 10 days before those are. So you can dig these first and kind of step it off and let your bigger uh, potatoes grow a little bit longer. These store pretty good. Mm -hmm. We grew some last year. Mm -hmm. But it is a roasting top. You know, I wouldn't use that for frying because it's not a big potato. Mm -hmm. But roasting, okay. coat it with olive oil and roast it or even use it for boiling mashed potatoes mm -hmm. would be okay. Okay, here is the French fingerling. As you see there, it's due to the shape of these right here. And this, again, is an indeterminate variety. I classify it as a novelty type potato. And these have really gotten popular in the last few years. It's called a French fingerling. What a unique name. It is. Fr anytime we say French, it's got to be good. Mm -hmm. French. These are good for roasting also and for boiling, would you oh, say? Yeah. Roasting, roasting in the oven. It's a good variety, and they store. I've had good luck with these storing too. They're again, yeah. they're good for pot roast too. Pot roast, yep. I wouldn't use these as peeling potatoes because once you peel them, you're gonna have a lot left yeah. over. We usually eat the peelings though. Oh yeah, yeah. We scrub them down with a little brush and eat them. All right, and here we have. You kind of tell this potato here is, is what I call a medium to small potato. Uh, some of them I've seen get bigger than this. It kind of helps. It's got a purple molt into it. Let's see what lays on the inside. Uh, 
What about that right there? Mm. What about that? Mm -hmm. Purple Majesty. Again, a novelty type potato. And if you never fixed your kids some purple, purple mashed potatoes, you're missing out. They love it because they're going to go, yuck, yuck, yuck. But they're actually pretty good. I always like to plant a few of these. They're just interesting. Now, when you fry them, they are a little purplish, but we never mm -hmm. we, we have fried a few. I can't we, tell a big difference in the taste. No, you know, with purple, they're supposed to be high in antioxidants. We know that. Mm -hmm. But I never really can tell a lot of difference in the, in the uh, flavor either. They look pretty. They do look pretty. Now, if you're doing, if you're going to boil these and you're just trying to do some kind of fancy dish, that would make quite a splash mm -hmm. there. Now, this is a determinate type. Or roast. Or roast, yeah, determinate type. Okay. So there we have those. Now let's talk about. Oh, you messed up my pretty little I stack. I know. Let's talk about chitting and getting them ready for planting. Okay. We did a live show Sunday night and I kind of got tricked into, they mess with me a good bit around here because I have trouble pronouncing my words sometimes <laughs> and I might have mispronounced chitting on the show and some people got a little carried away. Anyway, that is the correct terminology is when you lay it out so that these sprouts sprout out more is called chitting, C-H-I-T-T-I-N-G. You can see there, if we can zoom in there real quick on that right there, how that one is starting to sprout out right there. That's the eye starting to sprout out. Now, we've had a lot of questions this week with people that's got their potatoes, and they said, I don't have any eyes. They've got eyes. <laughs> Whether they know it or not, they've got eyes. All these little indentions right there are eyes. Let me see how many I can count here. Now I cut this potato in half. I'm gonna see. So we got one, two, three, four, five. We've got five eyes that I count on that half of the potato. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, you could get five plants mm -hmm. out of that half of potato. And the other worry is there because they don't see the eyes and they're not sprouting. We just had a caller a while ago wanting to know how does she. Does she put these out in the sun for a couple of days so they'll sprout? Does she have to have sprouts before she plants? No, she don't have to have sprouts before you plant. Now, it will help speed up the process a little bit. If you're not ready to plant, by all means, lay them out in a cool, I'm not saying a cold area, but a cool area. Like uh, you would store your potatoes yeah, you buy from the store. Like you just, just lay them out one by one. You don't really want them stacked up on one another and leave them there for a few days, and these sprouts will start coming out. Now, you don't want them to get way out there, but when they, you could tell when they start sprouting out pretty good, you can plant them. If you need to plant them right away, no problem. Go ahead and cut them up and plant them right away, and that whole process will take place in the soil. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you need to cut them up or not? Plant yes. Now, I do like to cut them up a few days before I plant them. Let them heal over? Let them heal over. We also had some questions about the coating to put on here if you didn't have time to let them heal over. Yeah, we you used to, uh, yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff on the internet out there. You'll see some stuff talking about fur bark dust that you could put on there. Also, you, you here's people talking about putting sulfur on there. Yeah, sulfur. We used we tried the fur bark dust a couple of times. I never put sulfur on there. I don't think it hurt anything. I just never done it. We've never had any issues at all with that right there healing over. Now, that being said, you always want to plant your potatoes in a high dry spot. Never plant your potatoes in a low area or they'll rot. But I've never had an issue. Mm -hmm. Never. So Unless what I, we had a lot of rain. And unless we've had a lot of rain. We've well, been a couple of years over the 
course of our lifetime, we've we lost potatoes when we just had mucho amount of rain. Mm -hmm. Mucho is Spanish, by the way. All right, so we got five eyes on this half of potato. So theoretically, we could get five starts out of that potato. All I'd need to do, and you don't need to get a lot, is just cut that eye out. See there? And plant that. And plant that. That's all you need to do. You might should have paid a little more attention when they was planting potatoes instead of you out there playing with them Barbie dolls. Now that one's got two eyes on it, but I'm they're kind of close together, so I'm going to put it together. And I'm going to come over here. I'm going to cut that eye out right there. Now I'm not saying you got to do this. I'm just saying you could do this. I normally don't cut mine up quite as much. Mm. We got one eye left there. Oh, I said What five. I remember is okay. we like quarter them. Well, that's normally what I do. I'm just saying what you could do. Oh, okay. And the old timers back in the Depression, what they would do is they would actually cut the meat out of that potato. And, and eat it? And eat the potato. Oh. Yep. Somebody asked if they could eat them. Sure they could. So I've heard your grandmother has told me this story before, how they cut up the seed potatoes and they they always eat the inside of them because it was hard times. Interesting. She's 92 years old, so she remembers those no, hard times. 90. She'll be 95 this year. 95? Poor mm -hmm. times got away from me. Anyhow, she loves to tell me about old times, and I love to sit there and listen to her. But she says they would simply cut all the eyes out, and then they would eat the potatoes. Now, that being said, I'm saying you could do that. This is the way old Greg does things. So let's take this other half of this potato right here, and let's count the eyes on it. we got one, two, three, four. We've got four eyes. You need help counting. One, two, three, <laughs> four. And what I would do on that is I normally cut my potatoes up, like you said, kind of mm -hmm. quarter them up so that I have two eyes per potato. So what I would do there is just come do that right there. Okay, and I would plant it that way mm -hmm. so that I have two eyes. And I would plant mine about this far apart. Because okay. mm -hmm. we don't save the insides. We have plenty to eat. We don't have the need to save the inside out. You could, but we don't. So that's the way I do it right there. No problem. Even those those haven't sprouted, they're going to sprout come up. Uh, now, I do like to cut them up like this right here and put them in my bucket for about three days and let them heal over before I plant them. Mm -hmm. I normally do this with a five-gallon bucket. This is my little ritual every year. It's normally bad weather. I get in the shop by myself. I set a bucket down. Nobody else is around because it's on the weekend, and my dog sits there beside me, and me and my dogs cut up potatoes. And we get through. We talk to one another a little bit. and we get through, we leave them in the bucket for about three or four days. Then we're ready to plant. Mm -hmm. Not complicated at all. Now you always want to put your eye, if possible, pointing uh. up. For you people over in Alabama, <laughs> that is the incorrect way to plant a potato, and that is the correct way to plant a potato right there. And how many potatoes would you get from this? Oh man, you could get. If you have a good crop, you could get at least five or six, seven potatoes off one eye. Okay. So your yield could be, you know, really, really good. As far as poundage goes, you're going to get a lot more off these big potatoes than you are these smaller potatoes over there. And for a pound of potatoes, or is it five pounds? Five pounds is normally around 25 row feet. 25 row feet. Yep. All right, so let's talk about when do you need to plant your potatoes? Because always, everybody's wanting to know Here, when. All right, so we got a little bit of a map here to help you guys. It's going to help you southern guys more than it is your northern guys. Zone 10, 
You normally want to plant yours around the end of January. Zone nine, February 1st, 15th. Now these are not set in stone dates. This is a really dead gun guideline. Good guideline for you though. If you'll stick to this right here, I guarantee you, you your chance of more likely being successful is there. If you deviate off this a little bit, still do it if you have to, but you're not going to be as successful growing your potatoes there. This gives you about a 15-day winter winter window there. Yeah, and this is on our Halsh University potato growing guide. Yep. Any of these um, pictures, go check that out. Yep. Zone 10, January 15th, 31st. Zone 9, February 1st, 15th. Zone 8, that would be us. February the 15th through the 28th. A lot of old timers say Valentine's Day. Next week. Yep. Zone 7, and you see here there's a trend there. We're about skipping two weeks. Zone 7, March 1st through 15th. Zone 6, 15th through 30th. And then Zone 5 skips and goes about a month, the month of April. Then Zone 4. April, May, you guys in zone four and three, I'm not gonna try to give you all a lot mm -hmm. of advice on growing potatoes, because I don't know. I just give you some general guidelines there. Y'all probably know more than I do. That's way up north. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. And we have some potatoes to ship we do. way up north. We do. All right, the next thing we wanna go over is, you know, in-ground row spacing. So we can dig that one out here. We don't have that one. Let's just talk about it. What I normally do, <clears throat> As far as spacing on my potatoes, you want to plant your rows, let's pretend these are rows, three to four foot apart, and then your end row spacing somewhere around three to six inches apart. I normally do mine about like that. That's about six inches is what I do. If you're in a so raised between base, the potatoes. Yeah, in between the, the cuts. And then the rows. Three to four foot apart. Wow. Because you got to have plenty of room because you need to do some severe Healing, healing with potatoes. Yeah, heal those potatoes. Heal those potatoes. Raised bed plantings. Uh, I normally think about raised beds as being four foot apart because that's the ideal width there. So you could put you two rows in there or just one, either one. What about in one of those root pouches? Oh, we'll cover that in just a minute. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Plant depth on your potatoes is somewhere around three to six inches there. You want to make sure they're covered up good. If you are planting in a root pouch, then you want to use a good high organic type soil and you want to use an indeterminate variety. And the reason that is, is because you can layer. You can continue to plant as your plants come up, you continue to cover them up. So instead of heal, you're just gonna- Layer. Layer. Mm -hmm. And the varieties you'd want to use for that, my, my favorite one is going to be German. I, I picked the purple tater, not that one. My favorite is going to be the butterball. Now the fingerling is also an indeterminate, you could grow it, but this would be the one I, I recommend for container potato growing. When it grows up, just put more on top of it, keep it laying, it'll grow through there. Now on pH, you normally want like a 6.5 to 6. Point, excuse me, 6.0 to 6.5, but they'll go down in the five. So if you're down in fives, or if you've got a plot that's pH is down in five, that might be an area you want to use for your uh, potato growing there. Normally speaking on nitrogen, you want to go four to five pounds of N. This is throughout the growing process. Four to five units of N per thousand square feet. Mm. Okay. Does that help any? Yeah. Yeah. You may not like it, do you? All right. We got a pretty little graph here. Again, this comes off the Hoss University site there. 
Uh, and I'm just going to read the bottom there and I'll go through there and you can kind of look at it. And if you want to know more, go to our Hoss University site and all this information is there. Several weeks before planting, of course, adjust that pH. We just talked about that. Ideally between 6.0, 6.5. One week before planting, incorporate some good compost or our complete organic fertilizer into the soil. So that you give all that a head start. Two weeks after planting, Side dress with one cup of calcium nitrate fertilizer. Now I will say one caveat here. If you've got a balanced fertilizer of something like 10, 10, 10, I would probably prefer to do that instead of this host calcium nitrate. If you don't use our calcium nitrate, we're planning on bringing a more balanced fertilizer on later on. And when we do, we may change that around. But the two weeks after planting, if you've got a balanced granular fertilizer, such as 10, 10, 10, I would use it. And then the two weeks after that, and you can see right here where it says two weeks repeat, you're about four weeks into that potato's life then. And, and that's when the point when you really want to get the nitrogen to it and putting the calcium nitrate out there then is really going to make that top grow. Before that, you're so concentrating... four weeks out? Four weeks out. Before that, you're really concentrating on tubular and root growth. Four weeks out, you start concentrating on, on flush foliar growth. And that's where that calcium nitrate is going to hit it along. And then after that, you want to uh, side dress with the complete organic again. Two cups per, uh, let's see, one and a half to two cups per 10 foot on that right there. No, two yeah. cups, excuse me, right here. Two cups on Hoss Complete Organic Fertilizer per 10 foot of row. And then three to four weeks before harvest, stop, stop fertilizer. Okay. Raised beds, pretty similar. We did change it up on a raised bed because some of you guys are going to do things a little bit different there. Same thing, test your pH, put that complete organic into your soil, pre-plant. Two weeks after planting, calcium nitrate, unless you have some 10, 10, 10. And then two weeks later, you definitely want to hit it with Hall's calcium nitrate. And four weeks after that, we recommend on raised beds using the Dr. Joe's soil drench. It's not going to be economical for in-ground planting. For raised beds, it's wonderful. Yeah, that Dr. Joe's is all I used on my carrots. Mm -hmm. Wonderful stuff, and it's easy. It's mm -hmm. easy to use. It's easy. You want to mix one tablet of neutral bubble and one tablet of the tomato vegetable bubble and one gallon of water and apply as a drench per 10 foot of row. What about healing? Do we healing, yeah. Potatoes. If you're growing in raised beds, you can just take your rake and kind of heal up. This is the way I try to do it. I try to, when I get a decent amount of foliage, I try to cover most of it up. This is for two reasons. It helps you with weed control. You're pull, pulling that fertilizer. If you use a granular product, you're pulling it there on top of it. And it also gives that plant more to grow into, especially in indeterminate varieties. So heal, heal, heal. How often? Every week? Oh man, it's according to how they're growing. Yeah, when, when they get in that real growth stage, probably every week. Okay. And you can cover your weeds up. You can keep your potatoes real clean that way. Mm -hmm. All right, what else we got here? Disease. Irrigation. Irrigation. I normally don't use, I know a lot of people are going to ask this question. I normally don't use drip on my potatoes here. We live in a climate, yeah. we get plenty of water during in our, February. In February, March. so I normally don't use, I normally just use overhead irrigation there. Um, Pest. Pest, go to our Hulse, uh, University site. we got it laid out there. The your biggest problem is going to be for insects, going to be Colorado potato beetle. 
That's your number one problem you can have there. And we have those controls on our Hoss University site. Also, as far as disease control goes, blight. Mm -hmm. Blight has always been my biggest problem there. Control that with some of our products on our Hoss University site and rotation. Harvesting when half of those vines start dying back, it's time to get there and start. About scratching early. Scratching early. When you start, you, you look like your vines are about matured out. You can go out there, and this is this is the art to this right here, but it's kind of a hot sunny day, and the ground's got to be a little bit dry. But you can look down through there, spread that vine out, and you'll see a crack right. in the soil there. And you take your hand down there, and you go down, and you scratch a little bit, and you'll fill a potato. And you can take you a few out without harming that plant to have you a meal or two of potatoes before harvest time. We always do a little scratching. Mm -hmm. yep, scratching, yeah. scratching, terminology around here is go scratch me some taters. That means go over and get us potatoes mm -hmm. to eat. Man, I know people's got a lot more questions out there. What about storing once you dig them up? Yeah, put them out of direct sunlight in a place that's got ventilation underneath your barn. If you got one of those grow, uh, drying racks that's got a wire niche underneath it, that's the most ideal way. Or basement. We don't have or that. basement. We don't have that. Back in the day, my grandparents used to put them underneath the house. Because back then, they didn't have anything around the house. You know, it was all open. Yeah. And they'd send us kids underneath there to get the potatoes out. Okay. Yep. If you have uh, just a small area and you don't feel like you've got enough room to grow potatoes, consider growing them in containers. I think you'll be well surprised about how many you could grow in a decent-sized root pouch. 15 gallon or 45? Either one. Either one. If you don't, seven gallons if you don't have a lot of room. You know, seven, 15, either one. I wouldn't go smaller than seven gallon. Okay. All right. Well, I hope we helped you and encouraged you and maybe inspired you a little bit to grow potatoes this year. We still have a few for sale. We sold out a, a lot of the varieties we sold you today, but we wanted to show you what each and every one of them looked like. I missed the Kennebec. But uh, we hope this maybe enlightened you a little bit and give you some insight on growing potatoes. Mm -hmm. If we time. missed anything, put it in the comments below. Yeah, what about a corny joke? Corny joke. Okay. Carrie gave us this one. Oh, boy. What do you call a potato that's reluctant to jump into boiling water? It's reluctant to jump into boiling water. A hesitator. <laughs> yeah, hesitator. Hesitator, that is good. Yeah. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. We sure enjoyed being here with you. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.